1: Welcome to The Gangster, book six in the Galactic Football League series, written and performed by Scott Sigler. The Gangster is suitable for ages 12 and up and contains graphic violence. The Gangster is also available as a signed, numbered, limited edition hardcover while supplies last. To order, go to scottsigler.com slash store. Hello, junkies! We are gearing up for the shipping of the gangster hardcover. It looks like the shipping fund will begin at the end of August, possibly in September. But keep in mind, with the Delta variant ramping up and shortages starting at stores due to the subsequent messed up shipping environment, until the pallets of books arrive at our warehouse, we have no idea when we'll be actually shipping the books out to you. Trucking is in short supply with these surges. It's causing all kinds of problems, and they may just be getting started. We, we don't know. We have no way of knowing. Still, with that being said, we hope to have most copies of the gangster hardcover shipped out by the end of Labor Day weekend. So if you haven't got yours yet, this is the time to snag it over at scottsigler.com slash word. Order your signed-numbered limited edition hardcover. We're going to be shipping them real, real soon. You'll be hearing more about shipping and what's going on in upcoming episodes. But let's get back to the Gangster Podcast, which is what you are listening to right now. This is episode number 35. It all ends at episode number 40. So if you know people who are binge listeners and you want to clue them into this book, to this series, now is the time to share. We are going to do the two Q&A episodes After episode 40, those are going to wind up being live streamed as a Sigler in place, which takes place Wednesday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern time. Every Wednesday, A&I get on the camera and the mics to entertain you and bring some positivity into your life in these crazy times. When we get done with the Gangster episode 40, we're going to do episode 41 and 42 as live Q&A shows on those live streams. We'd love to have you tune in and participate, but you don't have to, because we will strip out the audio, put it in the podcast feed, and you'll get to those Q&A questions anyways. So let's get caught up on the story so far, then we're all going to go get some new shoes. Previously on The Gangster, Quentin, Killian, and the others are hiding out until Greedock's change is complete, but the Kretorakians are on the hunt. The bats are closing in, but will Greedock's confession get traction before they arrive? Find out next on The Gangster, episode number 35. Miss Behaven. Quentin removed his helmet as he ran onto the Oleron's bridge. Zan had pressurized the ship, filling it with breathable air. Killian tossed his own helmet aside and threw himself into the captain's chair. A piece of torn foam fluffed out from the duct-tape seat. He waved his hands over the armrests, calling up small holo-displays. The main holo-tank in the center of the bridge flared to life. Zan, he said, how much time do we have? On the main holo-tank, ship icons appeared. Four of them, all marked as Kretorakian military. An icon representing the asteroid sat at the display's center. Quentin saw the answer to Killian's question a moment before Zan's voice came over the bridge's speaker film.
2: We are out of time,
1: she said. They will be on us as soon as we exit the shaft. Killian pressed a button on his armrest. Beans, Aya, get your asses on board now. We don't have time to get Greedock aboard. He's got food. Miss and Virak will stay with him. Zan, prepare for departure. We're going full burn. Zan's voice, calm and measured, came back on the speaker film. Skipper, it is too late. If we run, we will- Prepare for departure, Killian said, spit flying from his mouth. I am getting my son out of here. With a sinking feeling, Quentin watched the ship icons close in on the asteroid. Even in the faster, more nimble Hypatia, he wouldn't have been able to escape. There was no way out. All Quentin could do now was keep as many of these sentients alive as possible. Three big strides took him to his father's captain's chair. Quentin put a hand on Killian's arm. Don't try to run, Quentin said. They've already got position on us. Killian's head turned fast, his wide eyes staring into Quentin's. Get your ass into a chair and strap in, now. Quentin squeezed his father's arm, pointed to the holotank. It's too late. If they want a fire, we won't even clear the shaft before we're destroyed. Quentin heard the bridge hatch open, slam shut. Aya ran to her station. Killian glanced at her, then back at Quentin. You are my son. I'm not letting them take you back to that place. You hear me? Killian stretched his hands into the holo control field. Quentin pushed the man's arm flat against the armrest. Dad, stop. It's not just me. It's Aya and Zan and Beans. Don't make them die on my account. Killian's furious expression softened slightly. He again glanced at Aya. The bridge's hatch swung open again. Beans's big schmeck ran in, metal feet clanging against the deck. Zan's schmeck, now with a purple panda for a face, was only two steps behind. This looks bad, Skipper, Aya said as she worked her controls. Real bad. Quentin wanted to run, wanted it desperately, but he knew there was no chance of getting clear. This is a game we can't win, he said to Killian. I don't want anyone else dying for me. We're stuck down here because of my plan." Don't make your crew pay the ultimate price for that. His father's hard anger shifted to an expression of sadness. Zan, Killian said, Cycle down the impulse engines. Quentin heard and felt the Oleran's vibrations lessen as Zan obeyed the command. They're hailing us, Aya said. Killian took a deep breath. Get out of sight, he said. Beans will take you to a hiding place we used to smuggle contraband. Maybe I can bluff my way out of this. Quentin shook his head. There was no bluffing. The bats would tear the Olerin apart looking for him. I'm staying right here. The best thing to do is give myself up. If I don't, you know people will get hurt. That's my decision, Dad. Don't fight me on it. You try to make me leave, you'll regret it. Killian looked at the holotank, stared for a moment. Let's see what they want first, he said. Maybe we'll get lucky. Zan, what's our ship ID right now? We are transmitting as the Miss B. Haven, she said, carefully enunciating the ship name.
2: Not the same one we used at MT-734. This time, our home port is registered on New Earth, one of 17 ships from New Earth carrying that name. The owner is listed as Guka the Confused, captain listed as Melvin Morris.
1: Miss Quentin said. Do you think that's clever or something? Killian shook his head. No, but some 20,000 ship owners across the galaxy do, which is why we use that name a lot. Helps us get lost in the data flow. Most of the time, anyway. And Melvin Morris is a name I go by a lot. Roll with it. Aya, put them through. Audio only. Audio only. Affirmative. Quentin heard a soft click from the speaker film. This is the captain of the Misbehaven, Killian said, his voice instantly light and chipper. What can we do for you today? A rocking voice came back, nasally, high-pitched, a sound that made Quentin's heart instantly swirl with fear and hatred.
0: This is Boss 19 of the Imperial Cruiser Starfall. Your vessel is illegally in rocking Imperial Territory, which is grounds for immediate destruction. We are searching for Quentin Barnes. If you do not produce him, you will die.
1: Hey, hold on there a minute, Killian said. We're set down here to make some repairs. We're having trouble with our video capability, Boss 19. If you could just give us a minute to— This is Quentin Barnes, Quentin said. He glanced at Aya. Put us on visual. Now. Aya's hand slid across the commskins. The disgusting, six-eyed face of a Kretorakian appeared in the holotank.
0: Quentin Barnes, please stay where you are, the Bat said. A boarding party will shortly reach the misbehaven. We have a special request to ask of you.
1: Please? A special request? That didn't sound like something the authorities would say to an escaped prisoner. You said you'd destroy the ship, Quentin said. How do I know you won't do that?
0: Because you are on board,
1: Boss 19 said.
0: We have strict orders not to allow any harm to come your way. Please stay where you are. Instruct any sentient on your vessel or in the abandoned facility that we mean no harm.
1: Quentin traded a glance with Killian, who shrugged, perplexed. No harm? Quentin had never heard a bat say anything like that. His instincts told him that, somehow, and for reasons he couldn't possibly know, he had leverage. Perhaps only a little, but he'd be a fool not to exploit it. Do not enter the facility, Quentin said. Send your party only to this ship, and I will speak with you. Agreed? The six bulbous eyes blinked simultaneously.
0: This is acceptable,
1: Boss 19 said. The image winked out as the bat cut the connection. Quentin looked at his father. Any idea what's going on? Killian's brow furrowed. He shook his head. No idea at all. I would have thought they'd come in guns a-blazing. Maybe the little ruler got to your agent. Had Danny Lundy delivered? Everyone go back into the facility, Quentin said. I'll stay here. Talk to them alone. Killian stood. You heard the man. Everyone out. Move it. Except me. I'm staying. That's stupid, Quentin said. You've broken into the borehole twice. I'm assuming you violated other imperial laws that are part of the many it's-a-long-story situations you haven't told me about yet. Killian smiled, huffed a laugh. Very perceptive. But if they want this ship, me, or my crew, that's going to happen regardless. This isn't the first time we've been boarded. This is my ship. I'm in command. I'll stay by your side. Quentin could see there was no point in arguing with the man. The stubborn fool was going to do what he wanted to do. In that way, at least, like father, like son. Whatever came next, they would face it together.
0: and find out why over a million people have fallen asleep to my voice.
1: On a remote island in Frigid Lake Superior, a fabricated creature birthed from the mind of a disturbed genius stalks the very people who created it. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling author Scott Sigler is a classic tale of science gone horribly wrong. Available wherever you get
0: your podcasts.
1: A nice flounder. Quentin and Killian waited, alone, on the bridge of the Oleron, a.k.a. the Miss B. Haven. Zan, the real Zan, remained on board, hidden away in her private cargo hold. Aya, Beans, Virak, Missal, and Gredok were somewhere in the mining facility. A crawling dread spread through Quentin's chest and guts. The bats were going to put him back in the borehole, back in the darkness back on the metal X. The pain, the terror, the hopelessness. A guillotine suspended over his neck, waiting to drop. If he went back to prison, he knew he would die there. Maybe not physically, because who knew how long they would keep him alive, but he would go insane. The part of him that was him would be forever lost. He would be blamed for the prison riot, for putting the staff in cells. Carmago and Sackicorn were missing as far as the bats knew. Would they blame Quentin for their disappearance? Once on the X, would he admit they were dead or that their bodies had been vented into space? Yes, of course he would. They would have all the time in the universe to make him say anything they wanted to hear. Maybe we should have run, he said, taking our chances. Fine time for you to change your mind. Killian's fingertips played on the hilt of his huge revolver. But you were right. We wouldn't have made it. You should put that away. Killian raised an eyebrow. Huh? Quentin nodded toward the orphaner. Killian looked down at it. Oh, he said. Yeah, I suppose that's wise. I doubt we can win a shootout against a bat boarding party. He knelt next to his captain's chair, opened a hidden drawer, put the holder and revolver inside. Quentin didn't like that the weapon remained so close, but at least it was out of sight. It's up to the bats now, Killian said. Let's hope they keep being nice. Civilian Kretorockians, like Shizzle, the Kraken's team interpreter, could act like normal sentience, but military bats? Always dangerous. Always unpredictable. They aimed first, barked orders second, and didn't hesitate to fire. A voice from out in the corridor.
0: This is Boss 19, requesting permission to enter the bridge.
1: Requesting permission? Quentin and Killian traded another glance, each looking for an explanation from the other. Neither had one. Quentin laced his fingers atop his head, adjusted his feet to make sure he was ready to stand absolutely still as long as it took. He nodded at his father, who assumed the same position. Permission granted, Killian said. A stream of flapping, flying, black armored bodies swarmed into the bridge. Quentin focused on remaining calm on not making any sudden movements. He was in survival mode, just trying to stay alive from one minute to the next. The bats and tropic rifles were slung on their backs between their leathery wings, not held in their little hands, not aimed at anyone who moved, but slung, as if as if someone higher up was concerned they might shoot someone by mistake. One bat landed on Aya's console, another on the holotank. Seven of them, and all, found a perch on the round bridge. A bat in a shiny silver uniform flapped in. It fluttered to a rest atop a thick strip of blue duct tape on Killian's captain's chair, its six eyes staring at Quentin.
0: I am Boss 19, it said. You are Quentin Barnes.
1: Quentin stared back at the Kretorakian. For an instant, the room shifted and swirled, faded away into nothing. The bridge became something else, the torture room and he was on the X again, and this animal was about to ask him a question he couldn't answer, and the pain was coming, the pain, Quentin! Killing's voice, sharp and commanding. Quentin twitched, looked around. He was still on the bridge. No torture room, no metal X. He blinked as sweat dripped from his forehead into his right eye. Quentin, Killing said, you still with us? Not, are you all right? Because Killian seemed to know that his son was galaxies away from that state of being. Yeah, I'm with you. Killian nodded slowly. Good. Boss 19 just said you can put your hands down. For a moment, the words didn't make sense. Then Quentin saw that Killian's hands were at his sides. The man was still tense, though, taut as a coiled spring, as if he'd been told he could relax but didn't trust that information. Quentin looked at the Kretorakian in the silver suit, at the hated, despised species. I can put my hands down? You may, Boss 19 said.
0: We have come to talk. We are aware that you were falsely imprisoned.
1: The words seemed to roll around in Quentin's brain like a wet football that squirted out of his grasping hands. I don't understand.
0: We have brought along a sentient to help us speak to you,
1: Boss 19 said. The Kretorakian flapped a leather wing, to someone in the corridor.
0: Send in the dolphin!
1: Quentin stood there, lost in the paralyzing dread of the moment, as a white-skinned dolphin wearing a metallic body harness with four thin, mechanical legs walked onto the bridge. Danny? The dolphin let out a blowhole snort.
2: Yeah, buddy. You know of any other dolphins that'd be ready to help out a favorite client on a moment's notice?
1: Danny's white skin glistened under the Oleron's lights, gleaming in sheens of orange and blue red and yellow. He'd bought new jewelry since the last time Quentin had seen him. A curved, ruby-encrusted, gold and platinum affair, form-fitted to his dorsal fin, diamond-encrusted bracelets on the thin wrists of the human-looking arms that were part of his mechanical walking rig, a decorative snout tip done in etched
2: gold. Good to see you, guy,
1: the dolphin said. He looked at Killian.
2: Who are you, pal? You know what the bats say. All you humans look alike. I'm Daddy Lundy, Quentin's agent extraordinaire.
1: Danny had instantly seen the family resemblance. He was smart enough to hint at it, but not say it out loud. Nice to meet you, Danny, Killian said. I'm Melvin Morris, owner and captain of this ship. Killian delivered the lie with practiced ease. Danny, Quentin said, what are you doing here? The metallic harness let out a puff of fine mist that wet the iridescent
2: white skin. Well, I'm not chowing down on fresh seafood, buddy, that's for sure, Danny said. You ever travel on a Kretorakian warship before? And I thought a key dining table was disgusting. Let me tell you, guy, I've dropped a few kilos from lack of eating and a few more from the diarrhea caused by what I did put down. Let's wrap this up fast, pal, so I can get home and eat some trout or a nice cluster of shukora.
1: Quentin blinked, searching for words, finding none. But why are you here?
2: They brought me in to make a deal, buddy, Danny said. What else?
1: Killian started to cross his arms. The movement made the black-clad bats twitch. Some of them reached for their entropic rifles, but a high-pitched shriek from Boss 19 made them stop. Killian let his hands slowly return to his sides. A deal, he said. What kind of deal?
2: To stop all the killing, guy,
1: the dolphin said.
2: What else? And Quentin, pal, could you put your hands down? You've got a red alert on the pit stain scale.
1: The killing? What was he talking about? Quentin realized his fingers were still laced above his head. He looked at his left armpit, saw the wet stain there. He was sweating like mad. He dropped his hands. You got our message, Quentin said. You got Greedock's confession. Danny waved a mechanical arm, dismissing the thought.
2: Yeah, pal, I got it. I tried taking the confession to the Kretorakian ABC, and INF only to find out the Kretorakians didn't care about the confession. They just wanted to find you. This is bigger than some gangland thug. Haven't you been watching the news, buddy?
1: We're in the quiescence, Killian said. My crew and I haven't seen a broadcast signal in over a week. Quentin hasn't seen one in probably three weeks. We know there were some protests over Quentin's arrest.
2: Some (laughs) protests? Some protests? Guy, you are funny. I'm talking about full-on uprisings that have broken out all over the galaxy. At least 2,000 sentients dead. Who knows how many in detention camps and the bats...
1: Danny glanced at Boss 19.
2: No offense, pal.
1: He again looked at Killian.
2: That our lovely Kretorakian overlords have set up to hold the rioters they arrest. We're talking cities burned, bodies dropping, guppies and goldfish sleeping together, mass hysteria. All because they snatched the galaxy's favorite quarterback.
1: Danny walked closer to Quentin.
2: Seriously, pal, if I'd known what kind of an impact you'd have on the public at large, I'd have negotiated some sweet endorsement deals. Once we get out of here, you've got to unleash me on that front.
1: Quentin felt, like the pocket had collapsed, that he was being hit from all sides, over and over again. Two thousand dead, he said. In uprisings? B- because of me?
2: You bet, buddy. Mostly Church of Quentin Barnes wackos raising hell, but plenty of other sentients, too. Not to mention the purest Nation. Those nut jobs are acting like they ate a bad blowfish, guy.
1: Hold on, Killian said. You came to help Quentin make a deal. To what? To stop the riots? Danny's blowhole let out a puff of air.
2: Give that man a mackerel, he said. You hit the nail on the head, pal. The bats...
1: He looked at Boss 19 again.
2: No offense, buddy. Seriously.
1: Then back at Killian.
2: The bats need Quentin to make a recorded statement saying that he's safe so all the rioting will stop. The situation was bad to start with, but in the past week, it's blown up big time. Mostly because Becca won't stop yapping about it. Becca, Quentin said. She's all right. Same so, guy. She's all over the news and the net. Your spouse was on every show that would take her. She won't shut up about how you'd been abducted, pal, and how no one had heard from you. The bats finally caught her coming back to INATH. She's facing serious charges for instigating violence, sedition, and plenty of other stuff. But she's okay,
1: Quentin said. Did they hurt her? He glared at Boss 19. If you shucking bastards hurt her, I'll— Danny again dismissed Quentin's thought with a curt wave of a metallic hand.
2: She's fine, buddy. Other than that, she's in a panic for you, of course. But physically, she's fine. As long as you make a deal with our flying bureaucratic beasties, she'll walk, and so will you, guy.
1: Quentin felt a knot of tension release in his chest. Becca was all right, scared probably, and worried, but unhurt. He wanted to ask about the baby, but did Danny know Becca was pregnant? Anna Volani knew. Did anyone else? Quentin couldn't ask. Not now, not for fear of the news spreading wider. It would make Becca even more of a target for his enemies. Danny said Becca was fine. If she'd lost the baby, or if the baby had been in danger, Becca would have been anything but fine. Quentin had to take solace in that assumption. And he had to get his head back in the game. So, Danny, you you volunteered to come help me negotiate?
2: Volunteered? That's a laugh, pal. When I went to the embassy, they made me an offer I couldn't refuse. Come with them to talk to you, or get arrested and charged with all kinds of made-up stuff. I don't know if you've heard what happens to cetaceans in prison, buddy, but it involves a blowhole, and it ain't pretty. So I came along. They put me on Punch Express, one ship to the next. We went to the prison, but you'd already swum out of the pen, so to speak. They kept me aboard their big old battleship while they searched for you. I'm telling you, the effect their, quote, delphinous-appropriate food, end quote, has on my digestive system... Let's just say if you smell something that reminds you of a spoiled urchin guy, name the bats.
1: Danny looked at Boss 19, who still hadn't so much as fluttered.
2: Real sorry about that slur, pal, Danny said. I'm telling you, all that trouble has me a little loopy. I'm not a speciesist. Honest, I'm not. I've actually hired sentients with wings. They don't work for me anymore, but still, that shows I'm not a bad guy, buddy.
1: Danny, slow down, Quentin said. Just slow down and tell me what this deal is you're talking about.
2: All right, pal, I'll spell it out for you. You need to let them record you saying that there was a bunch of assassins trying to track you down and the Kronorakians took you into protective custody. They hid you away to keep you safe while they hunted down your hunters.
1: Quentin felt his anger rising. I have to say that they kept me safe? Are you serious? Danny nodded his big head.
2: That's right, guy. And add in some stuff about how you weren't mistreated at all, how they didn't harm you in any way.
1: Quentin's fingers curled into fists. He couldn't take his eyes off Boss 19, just a few steps away. Quentin could kill him, easy, crush the light body before any of his guards could react. How ironic. Quentin had tried to use a forced confession to fight for his freedom, and now, apparently, to actually get that freedom, he had to provide his own forced confession.
2: Say you're sorry about the uprisings, blah, 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 Danny said. You feel so bad for the loss of life, that kind of thing. Be real sympathetic. You were in fear for your life, and you didn't even know what was happening. The good citizens should have trusted their imperial overlords, etc., etc. You were just trying to stay alive, right, pal? Say what they want you to say, and everything goes back to normal. It'll be fine, buddy, just fine.
1: The bats wanted this to all go away. The protests, uprisings, and riots were spreading beyond their control. They'd arrested Quentin based on false testimony from Greedock, testimony about a church that Quentin had nothing to do with. That arrest had caused thousands of deaths, and now they wanted him to help them sweep it all under the rug?
2: So that's all there is to it, guy, Danny said. I negotiated a good deal. You look into the camera, babble a few lines, and boom, problem solved. We all go home. I get a nice flounder. Or maybe a marinated octopus. I've been on a kick for those things lately. High protein, pal. You should try one.
1: Quentin forced his teeth to unclench. I'm not going to say any of that. They tortured me. They locked me in a dark cell and beat me. And because they did, because they hid me away, people rose up. Sentience are dead. So no, I'm not going to lie. Quentin stared at Boss 19, fought the urge to grab the bat and shake it until its six eyes popped off. You hear me, boss? I'm not going to lie for you, you shucking piece of filth. Danny's mechanical legs brought him closer to Quentin. The dolphin waved a metal hand inward, urging Quentin to lean down. The dolphin's black eyes narrowed.
2: You're going to do exactly what they want, Danny said, because if you don't, they're going to cut their losses. They'll kill you. They've got a misinformation campaign all ready to go about how you were a part of the Zoroastrian Guild and how you've been blowing up stuff all over the galaxy. What happened in New York? They're ready to release evidence that you were the one behind the attack, that you are the one who killed Dr. Ganagati. They'll even start circulating a story that you were trying to take over Greedock's territory and that you were in on the touchback bombing.
1: Quentin found himself shaking his head.
2: But that doesn't make any sense. You're preaching to the choir, pal, Danny said. The smart sentient choir, that is. Which, let's be honest here, guy, is only about 5% of the populace. And that's a generous estimation. When they get rid of you, you won't be around to dispute the facts, so they kind of win by default. You get me, buddy?
1: Quentin shook his head. I don't care. People won't believe that. I'll... A thin metal hand shot out, covered Quentin's mouth, cold metal fingers curving around his cheeks. He was so surprised that he froze, stared down at slitted black eyes. They have Becca, Danny said, so quietly only Quentin could hear.
2: By the way, pal, congratulations. She's showing.
1: Becca, the baby. Anger swirled, as did fear and desperation.
2: Do what they want, buddy, and she goes home, Danny said. You and her both. Maybe you play football again, maybe not. Either way. You get to make a nice little happy family. You don't do what the bats want, and you're a grease spot. You don't do what the bats want, so is Becca. I wasn't just along for the ride, guy. The whole time those flappy bags of flying feces had me, I was negotiating. Negotiating for you, for Becca, and, apparently, for your unborn child. You can be smart, or you can be dead. Be smart, pal, and take the shucking deal.
1: Danny released Quentin's face. Quentin glanced at Killian, who had stepped closer during Danny's speech. He's right, Killian said. It's not just about you, Q. It's about your family. Quentin's teeth ground. The fury swirling through him made it hard to see straight. What about the families of the people who got gunned down in my name? What about them? Killian shrugged. They're gone. You becoming a martyr won't bring them back to life. What you can do is make the protests stop. You can prevent more people from dying. Quentin's anger ebbed. If he didn't take this deal, would the uprisings continue? Yes, and they'd probably get worse. Two thousand sentients dead because of him. Whatever it took, he had to stop more from dying. And he had to protect Becca and the baby. Quentin pushed past Danny and Killian. He stepped toward Boss 19, stopping only when two of the Bat-soldiers unslung their rifles, pointed them at Quentin. In an odd way, that threat made everything feel normal again. I'll make your recording, Quentin said, but I need to know that Becca Montaigne will be released immediately, and that the crew of the old, I mean, the misbehavin will be absolved of any crime committed in connection with my escape. And you'd suck, Killian said in a rush. Tell them to drop all charges against him. Was that asking too much? The bat seemed intent on playing ball. Hold on, buddy, Danny said.
2: Don't add things and spoil the deal I made.
1: Quentin ignored the dolphin, kept his focus on Boss 19. The Empire will drop all charges against me, Quentin said, and against Rebecca Montaigne, and against the misbehaving crew, and any charges against Yitzhak Goldman.
0: Yitzhak Goldman is a fugitive,
1: Boss 19 said.
0: He is an escaped prisoner and a terrorist. He is wanted.
1: Quentin glanced at his father, silently asking if Yitzhak's absolution was worth fighting for, worth risking everything Danny had negotiated. Hard-eyed, Killian nodded once. Quentin focused on Boss 19, leaned closer to the Kretorakian. At this range, it was likely Entropic Rifle Fire would hit the boss as well. All charges against Goldman and any against his family, Quentin said. Wherever he is, whatever he's doing, he's a free sentient. If any of his assets were seized, those get returned to him. Got it? That's the deal, or you can put me back in that cell and I'm not saying anything for you. The uprisings can go on and on until the empire burns to a cinder. The Credrockian's wings fluttered once, twice, folded back against his body. Quentin kept his face calm, controlled his emotions, his pulse. He was lying through his teeth. If the bat said he was going back to the borehole, he knew he would cave instantly, say what they wanted him to say. Becca was the top priority. Quentin would get what he could, but not at the expense of his wife's freedom and safety. After a long pause, the bat finally spoke.
0: I must get confirmation from my superiors,
1: Boss 19 said.
0: But your terms are within the parameters of my negotiation authority. At this point, I believe that confirmation is only a formality. All of your requests are granted. All charges will be dropped.
1: You have been listening to The Gangster, book six in the Galactic Football League series, written and narrated by Scott Sigler. Follow Scott on Instagram and Twitter, where he is at Scott Ziegler, one word, and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Scott Ziegler. For more information on the Galactic Football League series and for more free audiobook podcasts, visit scottsigler.com. The Gangster was directed by A. Sigler, engineered by Steve Rickyberg, copyright 2020, Empty Set Entertainment. Theme music is the song, They're Watching Me, by the band Super Weapon.
3: Hi, I'm Alexis Ohanian. You may know me as one of the co-founders of Reddit, but more recently, a large part of my identity is being a father to my two wonderful daughters. In my podcast, Business Dad... I'm hoping to open up the conversation about balancing careers and family. The one thing I constantly hear successful people say without fail is that they wish they'd spent more time with their kids. That's time no one can get back. So I decided to create Business Dad to engage in the conversation about how we're spending our time now, providing a forum for successful dads to share their joys and challenges of being a working parent. You'll get to hear from a wide range of business dads from Rain Wilson and Guy Raz to Todd Carmichael and Shane Battier. And while this podcast will talk about business and will definitely be featuring dads, I think everyone can learn something from these incredible conversations as we unpack the expectations we all have about careers, relationships, and ourselves. Business Dad is available now, so be sure to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.